Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 38 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So I know we haven't been back for two days. I'm going to have, it's probably going to be the full 24 minutes. It's going to be the Lakers Thunder. The Clippers, Wolves, the Jazz, Celtics from last night, and the Warriors, Spurs. The Warriors and the Spurs and the Lakers and the Thunder uh, each played each other twice in a row. So I, I guess I'll try to blend them in kind of because both games went fairly similar. At least the Laker one did. Warriors went a little bit different. But by the way, I hope you guys enjoyed and or watched my Kobe, why Kobe's Lakers lost two finals, 04 and 08. Please watch it if you haven't. Spend some time on it. And of course, if you haven't watched the NBA getting better and better, my best video series is pinned in my channel. Go watch those. I cannot believe some of the comments I made. If we have time, I'll get to some of the comments that were made recently that sparked some more conversation on that exact topic. So, let's get to the Lakers. Tonight, they played against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was their second time in a row playing them. SGA had a great game the other night, and the Lakers were really pedestrian till the last couple, till the fourth quarter, basically. And then they did what they've done all season, where LeBron, who's kind of been on cruise control for a lot of games, and then in the fourth quarter he turns it on and plays like the best closer in the league, which I think he's been this season. And he did that last game. This game, no Shea Gilgis Alexander. Again, no Anthony Davis with the Achilles tendonitis. Hopefully, AD is not hurt too bad. If you're a Laker fan, you don't want that. And no Caruso. We know the impact that he brings to the table. So the Thunder started with a lineup of Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Al Horford, Kenrick Williams, and Hamadou Diallo. And right away, the Lakers again playing down to their competition. No intensity on defense. Missing a lot of good looks, I will say. But just, the you know, you know the Lakers are going to get team's best shots. And they weren't ready for it tonight. I thought Kenrick Williams was really impressive. I'd never seen him play like that. He was looking like Paul Pierce out there, stopping on a dime, hitting contested jumpers, getting downhill, getting to the rim. It seemed like nobody on the Lakers could stop him, and despite the fact that Dennis Schroeder had some great defensive moments, he couldn't. the one guy he was struggling with was Kenrick Williams. So I thought that was interesting. But he had a really solid night, and the Thunder were up 14 after one. Like, THT couldn't make shots. Kuzma couldn't make shots. Uh, Markeith Morris was missing shots. LeBron wasn't being that aggressive to start the game. And here's the thing about THT. You know, I think he's a really talented player, but there are times where the guy just like is like 100 miles per hour all the time and he just gets tunnel vision going straight to the basket and wants to just attack. And he'll turn the ball over or he'll get wrapped up or he'll, you know, look to pass when he knows he can't, uh, he can't get a clear-cut shot off at the rim and he'll turn it over. And sometimes he gets lost on defense, but that's what happens when you're young and, you know, haven't gotten that many minutes yet. Uh, consistently, and he's start, just starting to get those type of minutes. But I thought the Lakers did a decent job of weathering the storm a bit in the second quarter, but overall the first half was just pretty trash. The lineup without LeBron in the beginning of that second quarter really plummeted, and it was mostly the offense. By the way, KCP 
has really fallen off a cliff these last couple of games. He's not involved. He's not getting shots, and his defense has has been poor as a result of that. He's gotten scored on so many times. I don't know what's happening to him. 21 minutes, only 2 of 6 from the field, and 0 of 2 from 3. Again, only shooting 6 times. But the second half, the Lakers really turned it up. The Thunder only scored 38 points in the second half. That's just a direct result of... Lakers trying harder. You got to give guys like Hamidou Diallo, Lou Dort, and Darius Baisley credit. They were attacking the rim. I thought Al Horford was spectacular. No Lakers seemed to be able to guard him in the post. You know, he was hitting some little floaters, finishing around the rim well, hitting mid-range jumpers. Lou Dort was getting to the rim, but for God's sake, he could not hit a three. 0 of 5 from three, and so many of them were good looks. But I just thought the Lakers were just hanging in there. I thought Kuzma, Schroeder, LeBron... Marc Gasol, all of them stepped it up in the third quarter defensively. I thought that Marc Gasol had some really good moments offensively in the third quarter with some nice little shimmy turnarounds that we saw in Memphis for so many years. He was 3 of 5 with 8 points. But the Lakers couldn't really keep the thunder out of the paint. That's kind of been the main the main, um, main uh, story with the Lakers this season is their paint defense at times, depending on who attacks them. But I thought in the fourth quarter, they did a good job. I thought Montrader was really good in the fourth. He was getting into the post. By the way, Mike Muscala, like, I've never seen him play well in my life. Like, he doesn't bring anything to the table on either end, in my opinion. He makes, like, one three out of four attempts. Like, he's not good. I don't understand how he plays so much. 28 minutes. 2 of 10, 0 of 5 from 3. He had 7 assists, 2 of which maybe I noticed. 6 points. That dude's just not that great. But I thought that the Lakers, you know, Montrader, LeBron in the fourth was a lot better. He had seven points, made some great passes, you know, doing as he does. I thought Schroeder was good, though, overall. Get, got to the basket. Did he make a couple of mistakes? You know, sometimes he comes off the screens and he doesn't shoot mid-ranges. I don't know why he's, like, afraid to pull them. I don't know if he's afraid that he's going to get caught from behind, getting blocked or something. But I don't like when he – If speaking from a Lakers fan perspective, if I'm watching it that way, I don't like when he does that and just, like, fakes that shot in the mid-range and just kicks it out, and then the Lakers, you know, you have to rely on LeBron to create something. But LeBron, he had a chance. He hit the game-tying three. That was huge. LeBron just continues to be clutch this season. Fourth quarter, very even. It was Wes Matthews, who I thought had some good moments in this game, hitting open threes. He did have some turnovers, three turnovers, and he was minus seven, but he did hit a huge three, 10 points. He was three of nine. Three of eight from the three-point line, including the one that put the Lakers up three. And then OKC, Dort, I think it was Dort that got to the rim and cut it down. But, um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately LeBron had a chance to ice the game. And that air ball where he just held onto the ball was actually just really... I really wish he had gotten paid the price for that. I think the Lakers are just completely getting lucky, guys. Like... They're just playing like down to the level of their competition, and they're getting lucky because they have the best player, you know. And the the, the team that they play just can't execute against tight defense. They don't really have any clear cut go to guys. Like yeah, Jeremy Grant is good. Yeah, like who did the Thunder have tonight? Like I don't know. Maybe I'm just hating, so to speak. But I just think that the Lakers are getting so lucky in some of these games. But ultimately, that play, LeBron made up for his air ball with a nice tip at the end. I think it was so stupid though that the Thunder. Did call it? They called a timeout after they put the ball on the floor. Like, why don't you just call a timeout the second you get the rebound? Like, that's how you can advance the ball. That's just basketball 101. So, yeah, 
disappointing if you're the Thunder to lose that game. If you're the Lakers, five wins in a row, three overtime wins in a row. LeBron playing 41 minutes again, so he's starting to have a lot of wear and tear. 25 points, six boards, seven assists. Five turnovers, though, for Bron Bron, but ultimately he got the win. However, I'm going to say this again. I don't believe that you can just cruise like that and then just play well against trash teams in the end and win and expect to win MVP that way. I just do not think that that's deserving of MVP. I think that if you look at MVPs that have won MVP in my lifetime, they all have a point to prove. They all try really hard every game for the most part. When LeBron won MVP those four years... He played much harder than this. He's just so good now and comfortable with his team, comfortable with his game, that he can do this. Even though he's playing a lot of minutes, it's not like he's going 100% every second he plays. You know, he's conserving his energy like he's done for the last eight years. So, in my opinion, a guy that can beat who's trying really hard should definitely be number one in the race. But let's move on to the Clippers, who um, played against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. And we, you know, are in need of a win. We've lost two games in a row. The The news that Patrick Beverly returned to the lineup today was huge. And it's such a big lift for our team. I saw that stat today. I forget the exact numbers. But our record without Patrick Beverly versus with him since he signed with the team. Just such a drastic difference. I thought our defensive... In, by the way, Carl Anthony Towns coming back right when they play the Clippers. Just typical Clipper luck. No D'Angelo Russell, though. But the Timberwolves have been playing terrible basketball. That's why it was lit, made me so angry. Um, uh, what's it called? Yeah, it made me really angry, the defensive intensity to start the game for the Clippers. It was actually horrendous. Horrendous. Thank you, Intel Wild, by the way. But it was so pathetic. Batum... Did not know what he was doing out there in the first half. Like, just in no man's land. There was no communication. Reggie Jackson was literally just getting cardio out there. Kawhi was, like, the only one that seemed to, like, have a, you know, a focus on defense. Serge Ibaka was letting Carl Anthony Towns get offensive rebounds on him or something. Um, And, yeah. What's it called? It was terrible. It was just a terrible start to the game uh, on defense. And the Wolves were hitting and making us pay for it. And Kawhi, I will say this, he went 0-3 to start, but then he started growing into the game. But, you know, Mar Marcus Morris came in and was taking some horrendous shots, I thought, contested jumpers in the end of the first quarter. We were down by 5 after 1, mostly because the, the Timberwolves just didn't make us pay. I thought our defense was actually horrendous in the first quarter. We left them open so much, and they just aren't a very good team, and that's why they missed. But... We deserve to, 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 to be down 20 against. Against a better team, we would have been down 20. So Clipper fans, do not think that that was acceptable, what happened in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, Lou Williams started getting going. He, he had a much better game today, but especially in the, in the fourth quarter. But in the first half, you know, he's starting to hit shots to start the game. It looked like the Minnesota Timberwolves, Lou played well against them the first time this season. It looked like he could get going against them. And he did, but we just couldn't really string too much outside of Lou in that in that second quarter. And we went to a zone, and it worked a little bit because the Thunder or the Timberwolves just weren't hitting. But I thought we ended the quarter decently. Went into halftime down by six, but the second half, very similarly similarly to the Lakers, we really stepped it up, especially in the third quarter defensively. Put the clamps down. We were talking a lot more. We knew where to, when to switch. We knew when not to switch. 
Batum was much more engaged. I thought he was a big difference in the second half. I thought Ibaka was protecting the rim well. And Kawhi was great. And you know who really gave us a lift? Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was unbelievable. I thought he was unbelievable uh, in terms of the minutes that he got. He always brings energy. He always plays defense. And in my opinion, he always positively impacts the game. He rebounds. He's active. He was getting to the rim a couple times. And you know what? I'll sacrifice some shooting when a player plays with that kind of intensity. He switched on to multiple guys. And, you know, he he got the job done, Terrence Mann. He got the job done. And he took it to the rim, was being aggressive, playing great defense. He only had four points on two of four, but man, does that not tell the story. But I thought Kawhi was good. He kept it steady. Reggie Jackson was getting to the rim in the third quarter. That was a lot better. Zubots came in. He had some really good stretches of protecting the rim. And Zoo's becoming, you know, one of the better offensive rebounders I see in the league, man. He gets rebounds on the offensive glass. He had three tonight, seven overall, only had three points. I thought Nas Reed was getting the better of him, though, towards the end of that third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, especially the beginning of the fourth quarter. Nas Reed, 23 points on 9 of 13, so not great in that department for Zoo when it came to him. But in the fourth quarter, even though we evened it out and pointed him in that quarter, and it was the third quarter, third quarter Clippers has been the theme this season. 33-20, we beat them, but Kawhi Leonard, his defense – his passing, his shot making. It didn't even need to become a close game. Why? Because Lou Williams went back and turned the clock back to 2019, went fourth quarter Lou on these boys, and was just having a night. Hitting his shots, closed the deal. You've got to love that if you're a Clipper fan, seeing Lou Williams score like that. Although some Clipper fans are taking it way too far and are like, oh, I know which one of you guys are saying trade Lou. Guys, so Lou having 27 points on 10 of 15 shooting with five boards and four assists against the Minnesota Timberwolves without D'Angelo Russell in a regular season game is the reason why we shouldn't trade him or the reason why he we we you know Clipper fans that said that they should trade him are wrong. Please give me a break, guys. You act like he's gonna play badly. You think you think that the people that are saying that think he's gonna play badly every single night? It's because we don't trust him come playoff time, which is ultimately what we're playing for. However, we're not at the playoffs yet, so we're just gonna take it a game at a time. Great bounce back win. Lou Williams was fantastic. I think he had 15 points or more in the fourth. But my player of the game ultimately was Kawhi because he did it from on both ends of the floor all night long. And he bounced back tonight. This was back to his MVP, like how he's been playing, how I said he should be in the MVP conversation before the last two games. He went back to that. 36 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, too many turnovers though, 5 I will say. 13 of 25 from the field, extremely efficient. That's 52% if you can calculate it. 5 of 6 from 3 and a by a landslide, plus 25 to lead the Clippers in that department. The Clips bounce back 119 to 112, 18 and 8, move on to 10 and 4 on the road. Welcome back, Patrick Beverly, plus 8 on the court. He was just solid, just having his energy out there. You see him on the bench, you see how animated he is. Every single possession feels a lot bigger when Patrick Beverly is playing because he takes it seriously and that rubs off on the team. Great win, or not a great win, a good win. We got to be better against Chicago. They gave us a tough time on, on that Sunday night in LA. Hopefully Paul George coming back soon, but we got to get the job done even without him. Let's move on to the Celtics and the Jazz from last night. The scum Jazz playing the best of any team in the league. And the Celtics got Jalen Brown back, which was a huge lift. 
You know, this team has not been healthy this season at all in terms of the big three, Jalen, Kemba, and Tatum. And Jalen got off to a great start, splashing threes. The Celtics were up 27-24 after one. It was a very even game at the half. I thought Bogdanovich was having a good game. I thought Joe Ingles was having a good game. It was a very defensive game. Both teams bringing it. You know what the Jazz are going to bring on defense. They didn't have Mike Conley, though. You know what the Celtics are going to bring on defense when they're locked in. In this game, they were in the first half, at least. It was 48-47 Utah at the half, but the third quarter is really when the game kind of spiraled out of control. I think the officials, I don't usually say these things, but the officials completely lost track. Like, they just did a terrible job with this game. You know, it was horrible. They just called every single foul. Like, it was unbearable. Straight up no defense association, NDA stuff. I, it was just not not fun to watch at all. I thought Bogdanovich was awesome. I thought Donovan was incredible in terms of just his one-on-one game. The Celtics, though, Peyton Pritchard didn't have a great one, one of four. He, Jeff Teague only played three minutes. I thought that was much better from Brad to limit him. Semi Ojale, mm, not good enough for me. Two of four, five points. Grant Williams, though, four of eight, one of three from three. But Kemba Walker, it's time to talk about it. I really like Kemba. I've been saying he's just going to return to form. But I'm starting to get worried now, guys, Celtics fans. That injury that he's had... That he sustained? Man, I'm not going to lie. He hasn't looked the same since, since the glorified summer league. Like, ever since the shutdown, I should say. My bad. Since the pandemic, he didn't look the same in the glorified summer league. He doesn't look good now. He's missing shots that he's always made. He doesn't have that same burst. He was 2 of 12 with 7 points. And you know what's funny? He's one of those guys, similarly, similarly to Lou Will, even though he's a lot better, when he's not hitting shots and he's not creating and he's not being effective offensively, He's a net negative because he's not a great defender. He's a small guard that's not a, a dog on defense that's, you know, tough and strong or great laterally. So he gets put in pick and roll a lot, and that's what was happening again. And they were they were doing a good job of that Utah. And I thought in the fourth quarter the Celtics made a push led by Jason Tatum, but Joe Ingles made some big shots. Joe Ingles, 5 of 12, 5 of 11 from 3, 9 of 10 from the foul line, 24 points. And I thought Rudy Gobich amazing defense in terms of his rim protection he deterred a lot of people they didn't even want to shoot it sometimes 18 points 12 rebounds three blocks eight of nine from the field i thought he was really good but ultimately it was donovan mitchell who won the game i hate seeing him on a scum team like the jazz but man i said it from the glorified summer league i am really high on donovan mitchell he is one of the I say fringe top 10 players in this league. He's one of the best in the league in pick and roll, which is, as we talked about, and his NBA getting better and all the time here, one of the best. I mean, the, one of the most, um, what's it called? It put pick and roll is like 90% of the NBA offenses these days. And Donovan Mitchell is one of the best in the league. That pick and roll with uh, Rudy Gobich is one of the most potent in the NBA, especially when you got guys like Bogdanovich Conley and Royce O'Neal and Ingles stretching the floor. But Donovan, his step-backs, his gather, his one-on-one game, it was filth. It was just absolute filth. And he got the job done. I wouldn't be too mad at this, at this if I was the Celtics. It was a tough West Coast road trip, man. Because once again, we're the Western Conference, Boston. So when you come here, you play against real basketball teams where you have to play great to win. It's not those trash teams you all be playing at the bottom of the barrel. But I will say this. The East has gotten a lot better, three through eight. And ultimately, what the Celtics need is just the big three to play together more they need those three and Kemba Walker man oh let's give it five more games and see what happens but I would be a little concerned if I was a Celtics fan um so let's finish off with the Warriors and the Spurs or should I say 
Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry. Guys, Stephen Curry. It's time we started putting him in the MVP discussion, and I'm being serious here. Because his rec- his team's record is just as expected, which, yeah, just as expected, and it's not his fault. Guys, they lost the other game the other night against San Antonio because they're in the fourth quarter, everybody, Damian Lee, even Curry, Draymond, Wanamaker, Pascal, every single Ubre, every single one of them missed shots in the fourth quarter, clear-cut shots that they should have made that won him the game. And then Draymond had his ridiculous shacked in a full moment where he thought he was going to get fouled and just chucked it at half court. You know, at the end of the day, Draymond Green is the X factor every time. When he plays well, they win. And when he doesn't, they don't usually win. And this game last night that the Warriors played, once again, pretty even in the first half. I thought Draymond did such a good job, though, of finding his guys. But guys, Stephen freaking Curry. Like, it is actually, guys, I'm telling you right now, appreciate this while we have him. Appreciate it. Because this guy, he doesn't bitch. He doesn't whine. He he plays the game a certain style. Some people think that, you know, they don't like the three-point, like, you know, it's fair. They like, you know, they call it like a pansy style. It's a guards game. But guys, Stephen Curry, it's not his fault the NBA com- like completely changed like this and became a three-point chuck fest. Not everybody's like Curry and not everybody can run like the Warriors. And Stephen Curry is just, he, and look at this, guys. He revived, this franchise, you know, when, when Stephen Curry came to the Warriors, guys, I remember because, once again, I've been watching basketball for now 16 years. Monte and Steph, they were a joke, guys. They were an exciting team that never won anything. They were a trash heap. You know, the Oracle was not sold out every night. Even in the beginning, Stephen Curry with his ankle problems. For him to do what he's done with this organization, he's going to stay probably to the end of his career. He is the warrior, and I so much respect to Rick Barry, but Stephen Curry is the greatest warrior of all time. And the um, and here's the craziest part about him. Not just his threes, not just what he does in pick and roll, not just his floaters, not just the step back. The literally, guys, you can put four people in this chat into the game right now with the Warriors, and I swear to God, Stephen Curry will get us a good shot. I swear it'll happen. Like, he can create, LeBron James and Steph Curry are the two best, get my team a good shot in the NBA guys. But the difference between LeBron and Steph is Steph can literally do it without even touching the ball. And he he's such a good screen setter. And when he sets those screens and you think he's going to pop out, two guys always run to him, which leave a guy open under the basket. And Draymond Green is so good at finding that pass. And I thought that the Warrior defense just stepped up in the third quarters when they blew the game open. And you've got to give Wiggins credit. You've got to give Juan Toscano-Anderson credit. You've got to give Oubre credit. But it was a Steph Curry show. 11 of 20. 4 of 10 from 3. 32 points. Draymond. 6 points. 7 rebounds. 11 assists. I thought Pascal was good. 6 of 7. 15 points. Bazemore. 10 points. 3 of 6. But man, guys, it's just a joy with this Steph Curry, man. It's just a joy. The Warriors outscored the Spurs in the third quarter that I'm talking about, 36-20. to And they went on to win 114-91, making up for their loss. A great win for the Warriors. They're 13-12 and now. But, man, Steph freaking Curry. The amount of attention he draws, the amount of space he creates for everybody else around him, it's just something unbelievable. It's unlike anything we've ever seen in this game. 29.6 points. A game. That's what he's averaging with 5.4 rebounds and six assists. It's safe to say this is turning into one of his best seasons, and he's had some great seasons. So 
before I, I uh, end the live and go to the live chat, or before I end the episode and go to the live chat, Kevin Garnett made some comments the other day, some of which were accurate, some of which he completely lied. Again, this is promoting the modern product because he doesn't want to sound like a hater like Shaq. Complete bullshit what he said about, I don't know if guards could play 20 years ago, and then contradicting himself by saying, well, imagine guarding Mike without hand-checking. Well, imagine guarding Nick Van Exel, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, you know, uh, Gary Payton, Kevin Johnson without hand-checking. Imagine that. But you know what's funny is he didn't even say 30 years ago. He said 20 years ago. So imagine guarding Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen, uh, Steve Francis, Jason Williams, Gilbert Arenas, Baron Davis, Chauncey Billups. You want me to keep continuing? Kevin Garnett, I don't know what he was thinking saying that. And that's, again, brainwashing young minds who are going to keep saying evolution. Go watch. Is the NBA getting better and better? It was sickening that he said that. And there's a reason why Kevin Garnett didn't say bigs. Because he, didn't, he, he thinks he can dog. I already, I'm already knowing he thinks he can dog this era. But once again, offense is... He said it. Defense has gone harder. Offense has gone easier. It's not rocket science. Anyway, whatever. That's 24 minutes. Shout out to Bean. Uh, his episode is out. Go check that out. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to tell me what you know. Um, tell me what you think. I'm sorry. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers waiting so patiently in the chat. A good amount of them tonight. Peace.